0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Wherever you may be listening, thank you very much for tuning in to the All You Listening Now podcast, where we'll talk about any and everything. I am your host, Johnny Beckett again for another week. Hey yo, shout out to Kate Bush. Now, who is Kate Bush mind you ask? Kate Bush was a singer back in the 80s who put out a song called Running Up That Hill that's actually been made re-popular really because of Stranger Things season four, spoiler alert, if you have not watched that. And look, for somebody who hasn't been relevant in about 30 years, yeah, I'm sure she's loving this publicity, if you will. So. Yeah, uh, shout out to Kate Bush and her 15-minute revived career. Hey, we got to get it how we can get it, so I ain't mad at her. Nevertheless, though, nevertheless, wherever you may be listening, I certainly hope you have had a very, very good week like Kate Bush has because I know that I have as well. All right, ladies and gents, thank you very much for tuning in to today's show, taking time out of your busy day to download and listen to the show. The podcast, of course, gets played anywhere podcasts getting played nowadays. So when you get around to telling your friends, family members, loved ones, relatives, somebody at the church that you might be sitting uh, next to about the show mid-sermon. They can find a podcast anywhere podcasts are being played nowadays by searching Are You Listening Now Podcast on those different platforms. If you're enjoying the content you're listening to here, there is a way to like the show, rate the show, and even subscribe to the show. By doing that, it'll definitely help me out and promote the show it will also alert you to when a new episode is dropped and it'll send it right to you in a lot of cases. So look for those different options on the podcasting listening platforms that you listen to the show on. In the description of the show notes, I leave timestamps for every segment of the show. So that way, if you're a little crunched for time, don't have the opportunity to listen to the entire show. You can time skip your way to your favorite segment of the show. So look for that in the description. But to kick off today's show, since we have a new MCU film coming out this weekend in Thor Love and Thunder, I wanted to review the villain of the movie who has, in my opinion, one of the best nicknames in all of Marvel in Gore the God Butcher. Considering that the MCU is good for changing a person's origin stories from the comics, um see Miss Marvel if you've watched that latest show on netflix on excuse me on disney plus everything i'm about to say may actually be irrelevant about this movie but um i'm gonna actually dive into it anyway so gore came from the planet no name because it doesn't actually have a name of the in the marvel comics the planet he was on since he was born really was a poverty-stricken planet with its inhabitants always on the brink of starvation, now, even with that, Gore tried to live a normal life, you know, got a wife, got some kids, and you know, and tried to make the best of it while hoping that the gods would eventually hear their prayers and come to help them. Sounds a lot like Earth, maybe they should have just name it Earth, but anyway, um after the death of his wife and his kids. Gore actually lost faith in the gods and even got to a point of thinking that gods can exist because if so, why would they let so much suffering happen? He was exiled for his lack of faith, since that was a big thing um, with um, the, the race of people, you know, that he was with. And while he was wandering the desert, he came across two gods fighting and both actually were close to death. At that moment, Gore came to believe that gods do exist, but just didn't give a crap about people. One of those guys that were fighting um, that Thor actually encountered was called uh, No. Who? Fun fact, by the way, on uh, No, real quick is No created symbiotes like Venom and Carnage. You know that we've seen. And the planet we actually have seen in the MCU called Nowhere. Remember that was the planet that um the gar that the Guardians of the Galaxy flew into. Who what collector was. We know that was a celestial head, right? Head of a dead celestial. Um, No actually killed that celestial. So that should tell you how strong No was. But having said that, after Gore came across him and the other god um that he was fighting. Who, again, Marvel didn't give us a name for, so I guess it really didn't matter. Um, that guy, that particular god, I was actually begging uh, for Gore to actually help him. Enraged after finding out, you know, that the gods, that gods do exist, he bonded with Noel's mass of living darkness and used the all-black Necro Sword to actually kill that other god. He then set out to find all the gods and kill them all for their ineptitude and basically not giving a crap about people. After bonding with No, and getting the all black, Gore was unbelievably strong and quite the savage. So much so that he was able to torture the God of Torture, which I actually find... Pretty hilarious. Gore before this, by the way, was just a regular guy. So I mean he wasn't a god. He didn't have any special superhero superhuman or superpowers, if you will. But once he got once he bonded with No and got the all black, yeah, Gore was ridiculously strong. In the comics, when he encountered Thor, and this is actually when he was first introduced, and Thor got a Thunder Volume 1, he actually in that comic beat the crap out of Thor. And I mean, it wasn't even close. Thor only survived because he smacked Gore with a huge hella level lightning strike to stun him long enough to actually, again, live and actually knocked them both out. And then later he actually tortured that Thor for days until his guard actually came and was able to help set him free. Gore was so strong that he fought three count them three different versions of Thor at the same time. So that was, um, if I remember correctly, Thor, the Avenger, it was a younger version of Thor from like the past. And then, um, Thor, the all father King Thor, as he was called, and they still couldn't beat him. But I'm sure in this film, two Thor's will be enough to beat him since it's always supposed to be. Obviously Chris Hemsworth Thor and then, you know, the mighty Thor played by Natalie Portman. Gore's whole plan for killing gods and imprisoning others was to actually construct this weapon called the God Bomb. After defeating the three Thors and leaving them for dead, he set off to activate the God Bomb. When he was doing that, um, the construct of his wife came. He came across her basically spirit, if you will and she called gore a god which angered him so much so that he actually killed her which led to his dead son agar deciding to help the thors defeat his dad since he deemed his dad now the god of hypocrisy for anyone confused by the way about gore's wife and son coming back alive we know in comics Anything can and probably will happen, so just take it as fiction, uh, which it is. Plot armor, as we call it. Plot armor. Now, in my opinion, this might be the overarching point of the new Thor movie um, around uh, Gore's character and the plot of the movie. But uh, we would just have to, of course, watch it and see. I'm actually going to see it this coming up weekend on Saturday. All in all, Gore is a great character and villain, and he's one of my favorite villains in all of Marvel. So I can't actually wait to see him in Thor Love and Thunder. As far as my thoughts about the movie goes, obviously, I haven't seen it yet. Right. So I can't really give a real opinion about it. But I just hope that Marvel starts to continue the hopeful trend like they did in doctor strange two spoilers on this. If you have not seen doctor strange two at this point and not kill the villain for anyone that thinks that Wanda who has seen the movie and thinks that Wanda is actually dead in the MCU, I'll bet you top dollar that she's alive, which is actually a good thing. We don't have to kill every villain and they could easily go with gore being separated from the all black you know, causing him to be weaker, would you give Thor the upper hand to capture and imprison him, something like that, I think, you know, would be deemed feasible and people would be like, oh, okay, well, I mean, that kind of can make sense. I think that would be a great way to still have Gore, you know, obviously be defeated, but, you know, not dead. I might actually do a review. You know what? I might actually do a review on this movie uh, once I actually see it, and talk about it in the review and stuff on the next show, but um, we'll see. But that's a very brief overview of Gorda God Butcher. He was, I think, in eight or nine volumes of the Thor series, or actually just in Marvel Comics in general. So if you have not heard of him, there you go. But all right, ladies and gents, let me switch gears to this. So for anyone that might, have seen the title of this segment and was like huh well i don't blame you (laughs) but in this segment i wanted to talk about dimensions from a scientific standpoint that is since the word dimensions can have a variety of different meanings on last week's episode in my shout out i mentioned that we see the world in three dimensions Which is true, but science has found or theorized about six more dimensions that I thought would make for interesting discussion. So let's talk about them, shall we? For all of our science nerds or just people in general who just want to, you know, hear about something not new per se, but maybe something that's foreign to you. So to recap on the first four dimensions real quick, um, the first dimension deals with the X axis or length, as is known as. The second deals with the Y axis or height. The third deals with the Z axis, also known as depth. And then the fourth dimension deals with time, which we really can't see necessarily, since it has more to do with one's perception more than anything for now. So, for example, we obviously see the clock going forward in time, right? But if a car passes, right? Where that car, even if that car progresses an inch, where that car was a second ago is now back in time. Same way with you walking. Now, even if you walk backwards, it doesn't put you backwards in time, but it's still the matter of each thing you do, what you did prior to that is now back in time, if you will. And as you're going forward, you're going forward in time. So that's the whole idea on um, with that dimension and how time, how we can kind of perceive time. The fifth and sixth dimension starts to get interesting because from these we could start to actually measure similar worlds and other possible ones that are actually parallel to ours. Just to give you all an example, you know how if you saw Dr. Strange, you know, it says that there are a pletitude of universes. A lot of those universes and Marvel run parallel to one another. So each Earth runs parallel to the next Earth, so on and so forth, all the way down you know, throughout the multiverse as it's called. Right. So the fifth and sixth dimension, it kind of works the same similar way that basically science says that if we were able to really look into this, that we would be able to see basically another earth parallel to ours, or we'll be able to see another Milky way parallel to ours. It may not be named that in that particular universe, but Basically, that's the general idea and premise. Now, why is this actually important, though? With having the control or mastery as we think of the fourth, fifth and sixth dimension, this actually means that time travel could be possible, whether it's forward or backwards in time. The reason why is because you will be able to pinpoint when certain events happen and you will be able actually able to travel to it so to so to speak now as someone who likes to be the ultimate optimist when it comes to life let me just say this I really 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 hope that we never figure this out because we as humans can be the worst and will do the worst even if our intentions are good. So I hope that we completely and utterly do not figure that out at all. Because somebody will go back in time or forward in time and mess something up. And yeah, I, yeah, I would rather us not do that. By the way, a lot of this you can find on different websites. I'm going to get a shout out to psych.org who actually did a pretty good piece on everything that I'm basically covering. So um, I'm not that smart. I'm just smart enough to know that I don't know. And I'm going to go find, I'm going to find this stuff out. So on from that, we have the seventh dimension. So in the seventh dimension, Not much really necessarily changes from the fifth and the sixth dimension as far as time travel, which is the most optimal thing. I mean, we will be able to see again further into, for example, those other parallel universes, if you will, we'll be able to actually look into their past and future and stuff like that with the seventh dimension. So not too much changes with that, even though I do find that fascinating. The. Eighth um, dimension gives us a plane of possible universes, um, histories and stuff like that. So again, not too big of a change uh, from the seventh. I think the only thing that's different is that if that particular dimension or universe, if you will, has a parallel universe to it, then we will be able to then look further into that one. So basically as you continue to go out, you're actually as you go deeper into the eighth dimension, you'll be able to look further into other dimensions and their past and future and stuff like that. The seventh dimension only gives you so much of that when it comes to dimensions that might be close. So you may be able to recognize that there's a lot, but you won't be able to do as much. Now, the ninth dimension, at that point, we can actually compare all the possible universes histories starting with all different possible laws of physics and initial conditions and stuff like that because even though all of these universes run parallel to one another and all of these universes may have a lot of similarities the physics of that universe might be different like for example our earth what our earth's gravity is might be vastly different than another Earth's gravity that may run parallel to ours, or you know something you know something like that, just to give an example. Now, the tenth and final dimension that we actually have discovered so far um, will arrive at the point which everything is possible. And basically, in a nutshell, we would be able to dictate life creation and stuff like that, which I actually find kind of interesting, not even life creation, but like the creation of like the universe and planets and stuff like that. Again, this is all based on theory, if you believe in the Big Bang and that kind of thing. So um, that's really what it's what they're predicting it is, we would have the ability to create universes and lives kind of like, for example, for every comic book fan out there, Franklin Richards, you know how he has the power to create a universe or like the celestials is another good example. If you saw the eternals, that awful movie. But anyway, if you saw it, how they can create universes, that's what the 10th dimension in the mastery of it would allow us to do, which is another very, very scary proposition. Now, for anything past this, look, I mean, at that point, you're getting to some God level. Heck, even at the 10th dimension, I think that's some God level stuff to create universe and stuff like that. Uh, So right now, I mean, we're at best trying to study and master the fourth dimension with time. So that's where currently we just are. Currently, we have. Again, those other things that I talked about, those are all theories. We don't actually clearly we don't know if that stuff would even work. But again, just very cool cool theories of dimensions. Somebody actually hit me up when I actually mentioned about the time crystal and dimensions and the person asked me about, you know, hey, you know, could you, you know, explain more into a dimension? So I thought it would be a decent topic. I hope I did not butcher it. For anybody out there who actually might be a physicist or actually specializing in this, and right now your hands on your head, like, what is this kid talking about? Feel free and send me an email <laughs> um, or comment on the podcasting platform that you listen to. I'll get that message too to help better maybe educate or explain. But, all right, ladies and gents. I'm going to go ahead and get out of here for the week. I know the show this week was a little short, but I certainly hope you have enjoyed it. Of course, if you enjoy the content you're listening to here on those different podcasts and platforms, give me a like, follow the show, rate the show. I would greatly appreciate that. And look who actually came into the studio while recording. You know what? Since he's in here... I'm going to go ahead and let him get us off of here for the week. And this is, of course, my son, Johnny, who y'all may have heard of. Hi, my name Johnny, and thank you for listening. Peace.